0: You're listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast with your host, Johnny D, the motivational cowboy. 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 As a motivational speaker, Johnny D impacts audiences around the world with his message of living the outstanding life. He's a best selling author, MC, and two time Grammy considered artist. This podcast is a place where Johnny D can introduce you to his outstanding friends and share funny, interesting, and heart provoking stories. Ladies and gentlemen, Buckle up, here comes your host, Johnny
1: D. -D -D. Hey everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to my Outstanding Life podcast. This week we have an incredible show. We are going to talk about Estate Planning 101. That's right, I said Estate Planning 101. And today we have Jeff Forster in the studio with me. It's time to clear up some confusion about Estate planning, and when I really started thinking about estate planning, I realized how much I need to do for my daughter. That when the time comes and I pass, that everything is cleared up. And and when I start talking to Jeff, I was like, Jeff, we need to do a podcast. So everybody, welcome my good friend. Jeff Forrester. Jeff, how are you? Good.
2: Good, Johnny. Good to be here.
1: Man, i, I tell you what. One thing that, uh, um, you know, you always talk about estate planning 101. And in the next 50 minutes, if you could just clear up some things for us about estate planning. People, one, they get nervous about the word estate planning. And two, I think that people get nervous about going to see a lawyer.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's, um, <clears throat> one of the things that, uh, that I have done here in the area is put out an ad. that's just got some very simple high level definitions of these various items that you're going to have to discuss to, to do an effective estate plan. And I found out that that's really uh, empowered people to approach attorneys to, uh, to get this work done. I've got attorney friends that use that they say their clients come in with my ad and <laughs> and say, why don't I have one of these? You know, why don't I have this or why don't right. I have this, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, there's a big problem with people not even really knowing what to ask for, and and it's uh, I see that a lot, and it's it's really kind of become fun for me uh, to uh, help them achieve the kind of estate plan they need to protect their assets. So why should somebody come see a lawyer like yourself? Why
1: should we have a plan?
2: Well, the um, bottom line is you spend your whole life amassing your wealth, however huge or however humble, and uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, your home, your, your you know your assets, and so on and so forth. And, uh, there's just a, at, at, at the end of life, uh, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Uh, the bottom line is if, um, uh, even, even barring the or setting the money aside and everything else, uh, you, you're just going to leave a train wreck for the family to have to deal with. And that's just uh, at a time when they're grieving and it's just really a difficult on the family and everything else to not plan correctly. So there's a, and there's a lot of really good tools we can, uh, you know, look to, to put together, to make a nice estate plan.
1: Well, Jeff, I took some social media questions and some questions that, that came in um, even from friends of mine. And I'm just going to kick this off with, um, you know, what is a will? For those of us that don't know, like what is a will and why should we have a will?
2: Well, the, um, <clears throat> the will is kind of uh, probably one of the most overrated uh, uh, tools in the, in the uh, estate planning uh chest of tools let me put it that way uh it's it's effectively it's a letter of intent uh, this is my intent i want to leave this to so-and-so i want to leave that to so-and-so but with a will you can only you can only actually gift tangible items and a tangible item would be a you know a jeep jet ski uh a stamp collection whatever but you can't you can't uh give 401k in a will you can't give a house in a will you can't give those kinds of things only only a uh, tangible items so are tangible items then money no really those are intangibles yeah okay so things like
1: just like you said um you know anything that is that, that you can actually touch and hold right that is what you can give in a will
2: correct okay yeah. you can now, now you can you can document your wishes in a will i <laughs> wish to give my right. grandchildren five thousand dollars but but it's not uh it's not carved in law that that's what's going to happen no kidding that's just a wish that's what you wish but uh, but you really can't uh, land um, you know a legal requirement to have that money transferred.
1: So am I able to put my 401k
2: in a will? No, no it's uh, will again, simply just a letter of intent. the 401k it, it can't hold the 401k and it can't distribute the 401k. You'll have to use your beneficiary statements on that to set that up correctly. No kidding. yeah, the, the beneficiaries on on uh, 401ks or other financial instruments, are considered will substitutes. So, if in your will you say, "I I I give my four hundred one k to Jane," but your four hundred one k beneficiary is Joe, Joe gets the four hundred one k. Gotcha. So that's how that works. Yeah, The beneficiaries will substitutes they they trump a will. So no, no matter what you say about your four hundred one k and your will, it's not, it's going to be ignored whenever the four hundred one k gets distributed. Wow. Okay.
1: Well, let me. Ask, this question came in on social media, and and I, and, I, and I love this one. It says, I put my ungrateful child in my will. Now I don't want to give them anything. Can I just change that one part of the will, or do I have to change the whole will? That's that's kind of a fun question. Because <laughs> I'm sure that there are people out there listening oh, yeah. that, that have
2: <laughs> these situations, right? Yeah, there's two things. Uh there's there's two things about that. Uh, the um, the first straight up is uh, you can you can amend a will with what's called a codicil. And uh, just now, dumb a, that down just for me. Uh, well, that's just effectively it. I, you you would have a, an attorney draft you a codicil to your will, and a codicil would be an amendment that would say, "Oh, by the way, I disown my son." But okay, uh, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, hey, th- there's an art to that. You have to do that correctly too. <laughs> really? Yeah, you have to say, uh, "I uh, disown my son for reasons he knows well," because if you say. Because he stole my car one night and made me angry, yeah, if you say something like that, it can actually be contested in court,
1: no kidding,
2: but if you say for reasons for reasons he knows well uh then he has to go explain to the judge why he was left out of the will, and that's uh that's um that's a, basically you you have to do it correctly if you're going to do it
1: okay so so you don't have to re- rewrite your whole will then
2: no okay, no.
1: <clears throat> Let me ask you this then. Again, another will question. What happens if I give everything to my three children, but one of them passes away before me?
2: You know that's a that's a decision you have to make when the will gets drafted originally, because there's uh, several ways to do that. You can say to my surviving children, and that way, just the surviving children get it, uh, or you can say to my children in equal shares, and then uh, there, if the children have a spouse, children, everything else of their own, then their share would go to their family by representation.
1: Okay. So uh, when, when somebody comes in to do a will or a trust or a power of attorney, what kind of things do they have to bring to the table when they come see a lawyer like yourself? Is it just the money in a, you know, a social security card in a license I mean, is it, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, is there a process of stuff that we have to come in and bring to you?
2: I get asked that question all the time. And it's, um, the the bottom line is I, I tell them, don't bring anything. Just let's, let's talk about where you're at and what you need to do and, and everything else. And, and we'll, once we, once we decide what you need or don't need. Uh, then we'll uh, at that point decide what we're going to need to make it all happen.
1: Okay, um, this question again I, I think is is awesome came in on social media. I don't have an estate plan, um, and I don't have. They said, but I don't have a lot. You know, they said um, I have some equity in a small house. Do I really need an estate plan?
2: You know, it's uh, that's um, that's really an interesting uh, question too. In that the uh, a small estate sometimes it is more costly to probate than an expensive estate because it's such a mess. There's no, the, the house w- didn't transfer correctly. The equities that's left in the house, uh, the, uh, in, uh, there could be some dispute among the children over, over things or whatever else. But anyway, these small estates, uh, if you think that way, uh, you're going to, you're still going to be in a, in a, in a world, your, your probate estate's going to be in a mess. And, uh, I think it's I think it's prudent to get one whether you think you've got a, a small estate or not. Jeff, can you talk a little bit about probate
1: court because for the, for the people that don't understand there's a process, right? Like when you right. pass away. Mm-hmm. So can you um explain what that is when somebody has to go into probate court?
2: Yeah, it's um <clears throat> I I'm going to try to give you a different way of looking at it uh, because this is the this this is going to be an important way to view it. In the event that you don't identify what you want to do with your property and with your with your family and everything else, in the event that you don't document that before you pass, uh, the courts have to define everything. They'll, they have to draw the lines for everything, and it's all about documenting who gets what and what went where, so that there's no so that there can be no subsequent dispute over how the estate was distributed. So really, you're just taking everything. You're you're, t- you're going to hire a lawyer to take everything in front of the judge and. And uh, you might have a supervised or unsupervised probate estate. But but the reality is um, everything has to be documented meticulously at a cost to your estate. And it'll take money away from your heirs. You know, the money that it's cost to, to do probates coming right out of the pockets of your of the people that are going to inherit anything that you have in your estate.
1: So let me ask you this. This question came up and they uh, a friend asked me this and and then basically told me this. I want to ask you if it's true. Okay. okay I have a daughter that is, I'm giving her everything mm-hmm. I'm a single guy she gets the house she gets my money she gets my 401k she gets you know what whatever I have she gets I understand if I pass <clears throat> and I don't have an estate plan can I have my brothers that I don't talk to maybe my mother come after that estate and that money and fight my daughter in court for some of
2: that? well if if you don't have the estate plan and you got brothers and sisters they they effectively can um can make a claim on your estate as well it's uh, how that how that goes so that can happen yeah it's and
1: and then and then so you're telling me then my daughter has to fight my family that I don't even talk to in court because I don't have this an estate plan
2: well uh, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, yes, that's, that's yeah. how that can happen. No, but, uh, and,
1: and these are tough questions to ask, but I yeah. mean, it. I, I feel like if it, there's a lot of people out there that don't realize this, and that's the whole part of doing the show is for people to understand how why it's important to have an estate plan.
2: Right. Yeah. There's just uh, there's no substitute for it. It's it's something you just simply uh, need to be doing. And it's and I'm not talking about a high cost of the estate plan. I'm talking about just some simple things. So. Right. So you're saying that what I'm getting out of this already, mm-hmm. and we've already just
1: just dipped our toes in this. You're telling me that it's easier to take care of it now than later.
2: Oh yeah, it's and and much less cost <laughs> much less costly, much less costly. It, it, just a real quick example with um, if you have a ladybird deed for that house of yours that that grants it to your child. Uh, it, it passes to the child when you pass, and uh, that's two hundred and fifty bucks. you're gonna be spending for that two hundred for the drafting, fifty for filing roughly somewhere in there. Uh, the um if if it goes through probate, it's gonna be twenty five hundred dollars, maybe thirty five hundred dollars before you can write a deed on that house and put her name on it. Wow, yeah, so it's it's huge, and that money comes out of her pocket, not yours, you're gone, right, right, exactly. you know so- wow, people don't really i in, me, I'm sitting here in your
1: office right now going, wow. Yeah, this stinks. Uh, like I would, it's it's easier easier to do this conversation right here. Let me ask you this: If somebody comes in and wants to start this process, how long does it usually take?
2: Uh, in my office it has been I, my turnaround has been about three weeks. Okay, you know, it's largely because uh, by the time we do some data gathering and everything else, and and put together what you know the client might need, it'll be about a three week turnaround, four weeks tops, maybe.
1: Let me ask you this: This question came up from a real cheap friend of mine. And and what I mean by cheap, he is frugal, very frugal. Okay, He said, I I brought this up and I said, Hey, we're going to be doing this podcast, you know, for the radio show for the podcast. And I said, um, uh, tell me all about it. He goes, Oh, John, I got it all taken care of. I did mine online. It's only $49. (laughs) Jeff does that one online that anybody can go and get, is it worth 49 bucks or is it just a waste of money
2: well uh <laughs> but what they do with those is uh there's there's a a, a uniform probate code that all the states use to draft their own probate legislation around and it's uh the the online stuff is based on the uniform probate code so that it can be used in every state so it's generalized a lot of times and not specific to the state uh, there might be some packages out there that you can pay $79 for instead of 49 that's specific to the state, but still the odds of uh, uh, the odds of it, not, you know, you're going to be matching what, what it says when you're uh, with regard to your needs, right. Instead of, instead of having somebody make you an estate plan that that's specific to your needs. So I think the, uh, I think, you know, saving a few bucks like that and, uh, and uh, inviting in the option for error and, uh, and inviting in uh, provisions or, or, Parts of the estate planning that that really don't match what your needs were or or should right. be, um, I think you need to pay a few extra bucks and get it done right. Just because
1: it says estate plan on that document doesn't really mean you have an estate plan, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because that well, piece of paper and what's on it could be completely different than what you actually needed. Is what you're saying?
2: Yeah, it, it'll uh, they'll, they'll, <laughs> some of the some of the lesser portions of it will be just fine, but uh, but some of this more subtle details uh, could just really give you something you don't really want. Let me ask you this.
1: Um, If a person has a minor child, how do they do an estate plan for them? And I thought this was very um, awesome for this person to write that question because one, I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to do an estate plan, Mm -hmm. then why not bring my daughter with me so she can do an estate plan, even though she's a child, you know, a child, she's 30 years old. Yeah. Um, and she's my child. She's not, I guess she's an adult, but you know what I'm saying? Is it better for a family to come in and, and do it together? That way everybody's taken care of.
2: Uh, that's, um, there's two parts to that question. Uh, one, the, the, the first part is, uh, how do you deal with planning for a child, a minor child? That's, yeah. that's very important. I'm going to, I'm to get to that. The broader, the broader picture that you mentioned, uh, when I I've done estates where there's a substantial amount of assets. Not they weren't rich necessarily or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But they had a substantial amount, and uh, the kids um, stood to inherit quite a lot. Well, I think the kids, especially if they have children of their own, I think they need to get their estate plan in line with their parents if to, to handle the succession of money that's going to be coming down when they pass. So it's um, that easy. That's something that certainly needs to be considered. Okay, you know, and uh, but uh, as far as the minor child, and this is important. Uh, uh, if you if you pass and and leave a minor child behind, uh, they're going to march through the courts to to the courts are going to have to uh, pick the guardian, the guardian, the custodian. Now, even if you pick them out, the, the courts are going to have to review them and they they do criminal background searches on them and everything else. And so, so, on and so, even forth. if you pick, yeah, the person, yeah, the they courts, still do the courts. Will the have background, to, the courts will have to approve it. Right, gotcha. Yeah, and it's uh, maybe it's a good thing in the in the broader sense, but uh, the bottom line is. Uh, it's, uh, traumatic to a child, a child who just lost their parents. Now they're getting marched into the courts like an orphan, you know, and it's, uh, and, and, and if you don't plan for, for taking care of minor children like that, uh, it could just really be a bad thing for the entire family. So it's, uh, what I recommend. And when I first got in this business, I thought, wow, you know, older people need trusts. Nobody else, but older people, not true, not true at all. Uh, my my uh, compelling belief at this point is that uh, young, a young couple with, with minor children need to trust more than anybody else because you can plan for the guardian, you can plan uh, your money how to take care of the kids, you can uh, split the, split the uh, liquidated value of your estate up into four portions if you've got four children, use each portion for each individual child's needs, education, so on and so forth. You can't do that if you don't plan. Right. If you plan, you can make, you can, you can make the transition for the, for the kids who lost parents uh, a much more uh, healthy experience.
1: So let me ask you this then. Um, just sitting here talking to you, I mean, my mind is going nuts right now. <laughs> and, and I think to myself, how terrible would it be for a couple to lose their child, an adult child? But I'm thinking to myself, what kind of mess would I be in if my child passed before me? She has a house. She has a 401k. She has money in the bank. She has a car. She has two dogs. You know what I mean? All these right. things. And and that last thing I want to do is to be in court fighting the state over her estate. So it's actually yeah. good for me. bring her butt in here put the money down and do the estate plan for her as simple as it may be it's gonna save me headache later on in life i mean god forbid if it would ever happen but these are situations that we have to talk about right because we don't have a crystal ball we don't know when we're gonna pass we don't know when somebody else is gonna pass but why not take care of it now instead of later because it's gonna just like you said earlier it's gonna take a whole much more time right later than it is now time and money at right. time and money right so is that i mean I, I i guess i'm saying all that but is that something that should be done to like all these parents out there that have adult children mm-hmm. if they don't have an estate plan go see your local lawyer and get an estate plan right Yes, if or you, come see you. Yeah, if you know if they're local. But
2: you mean they, the children, Yeah.
1: the children, well, and the parents. I mean, yeah. I'm talking about hey, mom and dad, if you don't have an estate plan, now is the time to really start thinking about this. Right. I mean, yeah. I got to be honest with you. Just four or five days ago, I'm thinking to myself, I need to take care of this. Yeah. There's a lot that I yes. need to take care of. <laughs> but then I'm thinking to myself, there's things that my daughter
2: needs to take care of. Yeah.
1: Even if I have to pay for it for her. Yeah. It's worth it.
2: Yeah. I, I want to tell you too, uh, uh, the um the some of the hardest things I see is is people coming to me to do probate, you know, because of a deceased loved one mm-hmm. and uh, and all this and everything that you have to go through for that. and it's really um some of the hardest ones are a case where let's say a dad does all pays all the bills mom mom hasn't paid a paid a bill in twenty five thirty years, mm-hmm. you know, and she just uh, effectively works off an allowance that she gets from her husband, right. He dies. She knows nothing about the finances. She knows nothing about that. He and he has no estate. He has no. He has no estate planning done. Nightmare scenario. You know, it's uh, you're dealing with, uh, with a woman that doesn't understand. You know what's going on with her with her life and her situation. All of a sudden, everything's changing, and uh, uh, the money that uh, that uh, attorneys and courts are going to cost and everything else. She's not going to do a good job overseeing that. So if she doesn't get a really good uh, a good person, you know, a good attorney to take care of her on that kind of stuff, uh, that money will just evaporate, and it's, and it's all she's got left. And, she, and guess what? She doesn't even know how to manage it. Jeff,
1: just sitting here with you, I'm thinking to myself, all the people listening to this show right now, and guys and ladies, stop what you're doing just for a second and realize if you love that spouse at home and you love your children – enough you are not i'm sorry but you are not going to live forever now's the time to really think about going to see somebody because the headaches later on even though you don't have to deal with them if you really love that person man, take care of it now take care of it now because it's going to cost you time and money not you them Absolutely, and that's money coming out of their pocket, and sometimes they don't have the money. I mean, we're not talking about just listen. At the end of the day, you don't have to be
2: rich and famous to have these things, right, Jeff? That's correct. Yeah, any any, any personal wealth that you have, like I said, however humble, is going to be subject to a probate probate in the event that you pass. Now, if you if you if you really have nothing. Uh, there's, uh, there's quick ways to just write an affidavit and say there was nothing here, but, uh, but, but the threshold for that's $25,000 in Michigan. I'm not sure where else it is, what the threshold is elsewhere, but, but it'll be similar. But the bottom line is anything more than that's going through probate court. Wow. That's crazy.
1: Um, I want to go back to wills. I know that we got kind of, you know, off track a little bit, but this has been, uh, just been a great uh, conversation and Jeff, I can't thank you enough for hanging out here with us. Yeah. Uh, th- this has been great, but this question again, came in on social media. Um, it's, they said, I have a will and a 401k It's split evenly between the children as beneficiaries. So I feel like that should take care of everything. Would you agree with that person? Uh, no,
2: and here's why. <laughs> no, and here's why. <laughs> the, no, and I appreciate your your yeah.
1: your your honesty.
2: Well, let's say um, let's say you have uh, four kids, and uh, and one of them's married. They're in a tr- they're in a, a difficult marriage. Uh, maybe staying together for the kids, that kind of thing. And, and you know it. You know that's a really messy thing. And then suddenly you dump a hundred thousand dollars on them when you pass. Uh, when you pass, you just fueled a custody battle between those two and a, a, a nasty divorce and a custody battle that they otherwise couldn't afford unless, unless they they had that hundred thousand dollars dumped on them. And guess what? When it hits them, any inheritance is marital property. It's 50, 50 it's half his half hers. If he's a deadbeat husband, he just got 50 grand to hire a lawyer and, and do a custody battle with. So if you put that in the trust, the trustee can withhold that money and then give it out and just a, maybe, maybe just give enough for the daughter to hire an attorney but the bottom line is, uh, it, you can't just dump money on people. Another example: uh, you've got a kid that's uh, that's uh, battling a drug problem. You dump a hundred grand on them, they're going to be dead in a week, right? You know, it's uh, uh, maybe you got maybe someone in your family is uh, has a flair for gambling, and they have debts and tons of debts. You dump hundred grand on them, the creditors are going to take all that money. Wow! If you if you've got a trust. You can use that trust for their health and well being, and you can withhold money and everything else, and uh, and uh, not not turn it into a marital gift for for a couple that's having a tough time. Uh, it won't it won't be a um, you know a a hundred thousand dollar party for a kid with a drug problem. You mm-hmm. know it's if you can manage it with a trust, but you but uh, just dumping money on people you can hurt them. And we're going to talk about
1: trust here in a minute. So you're saying as a will <clears throat> though, don't do it. What's the difference between a will? and i've heard of a living
2: will what's the difference the living will basically uh uh you can put your burial wishes in there you know i want to be i want my ashes thrown in, uh, you know, <laughs> in a mountain somewhere in yeah, ocean yeah, yeah. yeah the, so that's the, all that is the, the wish is, yeah if you say i want my i want my ashes thrown in the uh, in the lake that's actually illegal you know but uh did you say it's illegal yeah it's illegal yeah you can't do that so <laughs> are you serious no it's even it's,
1: though this has nothing to do with estate planning everybody <laughs> does it, but it, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize it's illegal.
2: Yeah, it is. It's uh, yeah you can't dump ash, human ashes in in the lake or the mountainside or whatever. I mean there's a huge problem in Disney because people you know have a child that took their last trip there yeah and they'll go to Disney and dump their ashes at Disney. You know, so Disney has a huge problem with that.
1: I never even realized that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah you
2: can't you can't just dump them anywhere. But uh, but I'm but but with a living will, you're going to put those kinds of things in it. Okay, okay. You know, and it's uh, it's the I think it's got a really unfortunate name because it's um, you're not living when the will gets <laughs> when the when the wishes get when the wishes get, uh, when the wishes get uh, played out. But uh, but yeah, it's a regular will. Like I said, letter of intent. And you can pass tangible goods, uh, but the living will, it's here's how I want my funeral to go. Here's how I want this thing to happen. Here's how I want that thing to happen.
1: So you've brought this up a couple times. Mm -hmm. What is a trust?
2: A trust is, uh, I love these things. uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's your
1: business? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: Of course you do. (laughs) Well, it's it's, uh, like, okay, Johnny, you're getting a trust. You come to me for a trust. Uh, In a a trust, it's got uh, the... um, uh, if you just look down the index in a trust, it's going to have the creation portion. It's going to have the revocation portion where you reserve the right to revoke it or amend it. Uh, it's going to have the trustee portion where you have the succession of trustees. Now, if you're starting a business, uh, Johnny Inc., you're going to have a articles of incorporation. You're going to have uh, the how long does the business last. Uh, you're going to have the directors all named. So same thing. You're starting a business. You're creating a business that's that's Johnny Inc., and Johnny Inc is going to manage Johnny Inc's uh, wealth.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's, so it's the same thing as a family then.
2: Yeah. Basically. So bottom line is so it's uh, uh, you put the CEO. You're the CEO. Uh, you're considered the settler and the trustee when you create a trust because the settler funds the trust. And the trustee manages the trust. You're both. Uh, so you, as a as a trustee of the of the trust, you're the CEO. Okay. You pick the successor CEO after you pass, and they manage the money. In a manner that you that you uh, wanted it managed. Now here's the deal: you can change that You're, throughout the course of your life. You can change that trust. You can uh, add things to it, take things away from it, so on and so forth. Change the language in it, change the beneficiaries in it. Anything you want to do by amendment, you can revoke it and have another trust written. But uh, but the bottom line is, uh, once you pass, that's irrevocable. Nothing can change. Okay. So your wishes, as you had them survive you and manage your money in the manner that you wanted it to to be managed. Jeff,
1: I have a question. Um, again, uh, came from a friend of mine. One, he just, one went through this just not long ago and his mother just passed. Another friend is going through this. So I guess I'm using these questions because to me, they're, they're real questions. Right. But, um, (laughs) they said, they wanted me to ask you their aging mother may may need Medicaid. Um, for her uh, ongoing health care. Can I put her house in a trust and keep it away from the state?
2: Yeah, short answer, no. <clears throat> and it's uh there seems to be this general idea out there that you can, that you can, you know, hide, hide things, hide things <laughs> in the trust, you know, <laughs> and it's uh but, but <clears throat> when they go to, when they check your uh, eligibility for the, for the um, Medicaid and, and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, that, that that's all taking your, your personal worth taking taken into consideration. So if you have that house, that's going towards your wealth.
1: Correct. So, yeah. so let me ask you this, just again, lawyer questions, right? And, right? and I have no idea. So if that's going to happen, or if if that is taking place, would that person sell the house? Um, or would that still be like, if they sold it beforehand, then I guess that money would be in the bank. and.
2: Well, the, the, um, the state has a fraud look back of about five years. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. So they can. So if you if you sell the house and split the money among the kids, uh, they can come after the kids for the money, right? You know, but uh, yeah, I, I recently so, had a st- situation where um, uh, there was uh, uh, they wanted to put a lien against a house. Medicaid did, and they did, but they put uh, it was only for twenty two thousand dollars in this particular house, but they um, put the lien on there, no interest. So if you, if you, if you get slapped with a lien on your house for, to, to repay Medicaid, then uh, what's going to happen is, uh, you can carry that lien for 20, 30 years. And, you know, in t- 30 years from now, $22,000 is going to be a off error when you go to sell the right. house, but it, but it, but it will have to be paid eventually.
1: That's crazy though. So the, the, qu- or the answer to that question is no, you can't hide it.
2: No. <laughs> no.
1: Um, let me ask you this. Um, Trusts cost a whole lot more than just a will, don't they?
2: Uh, about two thirds more, okay. Than a will, yeah. So why is that? Uh, well, a trust is a, is a package of documents. You you've got your your basic trust, which creates the corporation I mentioned. Then you've got wills. They're pour over wills, and and the pour over wills are usually shorter than a regular will in that they say that uh, anything that I don't give away goes. Gets poured over into the into the trust. So then the trustee manages anything you didn't that you didn't uh, give away with your will. Uh, then you're going to have um, uh, powers of attorney uh, for uh, financial, so someone can handle your financial matters when you're incapable. Now, and and also powers of attorney for healthcare. Now, I want to I want to talk about those two together: financial and healthcare. Mm-hmm. Those are for the living; they're not for the dead. When you die, throw them away; they're no good. But uh, financial uh, financial power attorney. While you're alive, if you're getting a knee operation or something, and you're closing on a house up north, you can send someone up there to sign on your behalf, whomever you designate with a financial power attorney. They can do your banking, pay your bills, and then when you're back on your feet, they no longer can. You're, you're doing your own. You're doing your own bidding at that point. So
1: you can put somebody in charge, and then. Take them off it and then you're back in charge.
2: That's what you that's, can do that. Yeah. That's what the durable says, a durable power of attorney. It's durable and it kicks in when you need it and it, it doesn't, it kicks out when you don't need it. Okay. So, and, but the power of attorney for healthcare, um, that's also part of the trust. Uh, I, I To simplify that, that's the hallway at the hospital document. What yeah. does that mean? It's uh the, um the final decisions that have to be made about you in, in your care. If you're in a coma Irreversible coma, vegetative state, so on and so forth. Uh, the um, it, it determines on uh, what your wishes were at that point to withhold any kind of life prolonging um, care that would only that would only postpone the date of my death. You know that kind of thing. So let me ask you this, then, Jeff.
1: You just <clears throat> brought something up, and again, I I never saw myself in a situation until now talking to you and really actually have to sit here and think about it. Right. So what happens then if I don't have all of this done, and that does happen? Does my even though I don't have that paperwork saying that my daughter is the power of eternity uh, um, attorney? Uh, yeah, attorney. <clears throat> does she make that decision, or does the state make it, or does the hospital make those decisions
2: for you? You know, uh, that's um, I want to I want to flip that document over for you for okay. a second. That document's not about you. You're going to tell them, you know, I, I with, withhold uh, any kind of health care that would prolong my life. You're going to tell them that in that document. But it's for your survivors because they're going to be in the hallway at the hospital for three weeks, eating fast food, praying for good news, not getting it. Another test, another test. Uh, the the coma seems to be irreversible. You know, it's uh, uh, two doctors. If you if you do it correctly, two doctors will have to agree in writing that, mm-hmm. that uh, the— that the coma you're in is irreversible, and only at that point, then they'll go to whomever you designate and say, "Here's the situation. What should we do?" And they'll say, "Dad wanted me to pull the plug at this point." Now, when they leave that hospital, grieving as they will be, uh, wore out as they will be, as uh, sick as they will be about uh, from eating fast food for three weeks, you mm-hmm. know, and worrying about everything, uh, they're going to walk away knowing that that's what Dad wanted. If you don't leave them that document, they're going to they're going to walk away second guessing themselves the rest of their life. Should I, should I have tried again? Wow. You know, should I have waited? Should I have, should we tried something else? Also what this document says is, and this is very, very important. And, uh, uh, it says in there that, uh, if they come to my, uh, agent or my patient advocate at the, at the last hours and say, well, we've got this treatment. It's uh, it's a very experimental, you know, it works on 3% of the people we use it on, but it costs $300,000. You're going to say, no, don't spend the money. Because you're going to save the money for your children, right? You know, and it's uh, and you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to dump your the value of your estate, right? You know, uh, at at the very end, at the very last minute. And also, when you say that, and they come to your they come to your uh, patient advocate and say, well, you know, we've we've got this three hundred thousand dollar cure, possible cure, but only for three or four percent of the people, right? Uh, you're going to be able to say, Dad said no, don't do that. And then, and, and you're preserving the money then in your estate for for the living, which is what you want to do, and that's uh, that's why that's a very important document. It's not for you; it's for your family. And if you don't have that document, I want you to
1: just real quickly: who makes those dec- decisions in the hospital?
2: At a very, a very uh, um, borderline nervous breakdown uh, daughter or wife or loved one that has to make a decision that uh, you didn't even really talk much about, right? Okay. And, and when they leave, they're going to second guess themselves all the time. Should I have done this? Should I have done that? Should I have spent the $300,000? You know, so on and so forth.
1: Jeff, you're making this so easy for me. And I hope the listeners right now, if you guys are listening to this, how important it is to go talk to somebody about your estate planning. Because it is going, like if we have this agreement now, -hmm. If I sit there in 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 your office with my daughter, and we do this, she understands what I want. There is not just like you said. There's not thirty years of second guessing her decisions, right, dude? I mean, this is you're amazing. (laughs) I mean,
2: I I, I don't know about that. (laughs) Well, but here's
1: I mean, it's just it's it's so simple, right? Right. But something that people don't think about because just like we talked about earlier, they're afraid. Lawyer, I mean, if you say the word lawyer and doctor, it's like the same thing. Yeah, (laughs) you don't mean nobody wants to go see them,
2: right? Yeah,
1: but at the end of the day, it's going to save so much headache. Wow, this is really really good. I can't, I can't thank you enough for for hanging out with us. Something else I want to talk about. You brought it up earlier, earlier, and um, I want to talk about something called Lady Bird Deed. What the heck is a Lady Bird (laughs)
2: deed well that's uh that's I, I, these, <laughs> these I these I truly love these I truly love the banks don't love them so much and I'll talk to you about that but uh, uh lady bird deed is uh how these this the lore around lady bird deed is uh lady bird Johnson uh, inherited and owned a lot of uh, uh state park type land around the uh, d c area and uh, so she put together deeds that uh, allowed her to enjoy it or keep it for her personal net worth throughout her life and when she passed it went to the state parks so they, really? Uh, yeah. So okay. They, so it just transferred to state parks, no probate, no nothing like that. It just became state parks property. So that's the lore. It became the Lady Bird deed because of that. But uh, what it is is, you take your house, you grant yourself a life estate in the house, and you but you keep a defeasible interest, which means you keep the the ability to sell or borrow against it or get a reverse mortgage, whatever you want to do. Uh, you you maintain total control over the house if you pass and you still own and you still have that house it springs to whomever you designate instantly the minute you take your last breath your child owns the home okay let me ask you this when you say
1: owns the home does she also take on the debt to the house
2: correct she any taxes any any debt like that she would she would owe on the house if it's you know if it's owed at all yeah uh but uh but also, any equity that's left in the house, if, if they can't afford to uh, pick up the house and maintain it, they can they can then sign a deed because it's their house mm-hmm. and uh, sell the house without going to probate court or anything else, and uh, and and reap that equity, you know, get to that equity in the, that's left in the house. So they're really really great instruments. Wow, the banks the banks don't like them because uh, the minute you take your last breath, the asset that they were holding the lien against disappears. Right, you know, so a lot of times you might you might have a ladybird deed. You'll go into the bank, and they'll say, "Well, no, we got to have a quick claim deed." That's starting to change, but once in a while, I'll have to I'll have to convert one back to a quick claim for a bank, and then I convert it back to a ladybird deed after they get their loan. Okay, uh, but it's uh, but the fact that they don't like them is a good indication of, of how effective they really are.
1: Can I leave, or can a person leave their home? to more than one person then? What if, like, I for me, it's I only yeah. have one kid. Right. But what if the person listening right now says, well, that's great. Right. But I got four kids. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, one do I leave it to? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's,
2: yeah. yeah, there's a lot of flexibility in that. Uh, you can leave it to uh, children in percentages. Uh, this kid gets 60%. That kid gets 20%. The other kid gets uh, 20%. Or you can split it evenly among the kids. Or you can say to, to my surviving children, and so only the survivors take, or you could say just to my children, and then their heirs take if if they predecease you. But yeah, you can. You've got a lot of flexibility on who you leave it to, how many people you leave it to, whatever else. So wow, yeah. And there, and it's such an inexpensive thing to do. It's like I said, it's the average going rates two hundred dollars to draft it, and fifty to file it. Okay. You know, and it's uh, it's uh, it is most powerful. It's the most powerful single document. If you're only going to do one thing. I want you to memorize this word, "Lady Bird." If you own property and you don't have that, if you own property and you don't have that, you need to you need to think seriously about getting that.
1: So, I think that you talked about this, but I want you to talk about it a little bit more. What happens if I personally sell the house? Then, what if I have that Lady
2: Bird deed? Can I sell the house? Yes. Yeah, you can sell it, and just goes away effectively. Any anything you were gonna to leave to your child goes away. So if you sell that house and buy a new house, uh you're gonna to have to get a ladybird deed for that as well. Okay. You know, so so just
1: on the new house, I would have to get a new deed then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Um can I change who gets the house? Like again, what what if I'm single right now? and I and, and and what if I, you know, put the Lady Bird deed in my daughter's name? And what if I get married in a couple of years? can I change the person that it goes to
2: yeah there's 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 no uh um, um no easier thing to do than just get a, just rewrite the deed okay rewrite and, re, and file a new deed so yeah it's gonna be another another 250 for that okay yeah yeah but 250 <laughs> just like
1: you said is a whole lot better than trying to right take care of this later on um what happens if I don't
2: have a lady bird deed? You're going into probate, you're, you're going into probate, and in order for them to sell the house, uh, in order for the personal administrator to sell the house, uh, personal representative, rather, to sell the house, they're going to have to um, go to probate, uh, file to do that, pay an attorney, and it's going to be, uh, they're going to be $2,500, 3500 into it before they get the letters of authority so that they can write a deed and sell the house. Again, you're
1: making this sound so easy. <laughs> you're making it sound so easy and so simple I mean I I' I'm, I'm just gonna say this I don't know about you all that are listening right now but me personally sitting here talking to Jeff I feel like I can't believe I didn't do this 15
2: years ago yeah I understand I I hear like literally I'm time. getting goosebumps'
1: yeah. I'm, my heart's pittering pattering a little <laughs> bit because I'm like wow like I'm really gambling with with everything.
2: Right, I yeah. mean,
1: really. I mean, I I know that's kind of deep I, for for this morning, but
2: I'm really gambling with my inheritance. Yeah, that's true, and it's and not to your detriment. You're gone. It's to the detriment of your loved ones. So if you if you if you love your family, take care of them. You know, it's uh, we live in a world where you have to take care of your own matters, and 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 this is certainly one of the big ones because. Uh, the mess you leave behind for your family could be something that, that emotionally scars them for a long, long time. Yes.
1: Jeff, I mean, we we literally um, have, I don't know, five, six, seven more minutes. But explain to me why I should have um, or would have be interested in a financial power of attorney.
2: Uh, well, the, the, we touched or on Or for that anybody. Li- yeah, we touched on that a little bit uh, earlier there when I talked about the what's in a trust. Uh, the financial power of attorney is uh, a durable financial power of attorney is going to uh, work when it needs to, and then and then not work when it doesn't when you don't need it to. By that I mean, as I mentioned earlier, if you're tied up in the hospital with a operation of some sort and, and need to close on a property you're buying, or or you need somebody to do your banking, uh, your agent can can take care of all that for you. And then once you're back on your feet, you're you know you're you're on your own again.
1: Okay. So. I want to make sure I get this last question in here. Um, Again, another great social media question came in and they wrote, mom left everything to me. Mom left everything to me, the house, the checking account, everything. My brothers and sisters didn't come around when she was ill. And one didn't even show up at the funeral. Still, I care about my brothers and sisters. I know at, at least two of them are mad at me. And they don't. They just want to. Uh, don't even want to talk to me. Should I give them each some money?
2: Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> you, it depends on who you talk to about this. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I I have a you know law school used to tell us uh, there's a the worst client has a full heart and an empty head. You know, and that's um, that's uh, you don't want You don't want to have a full heart and an empty head when it comes to something like that. If it's a touchy situation, mom left you everything. There's probably a reason for that. Uh, You probably did take care of her. I mean, the situations that I see are usually on the up and up, you know, nine times out of 10, they're on the up and up. They actually did take care of mom in the final days and they actually did take care of the house and mow the lawn and Mm -hmm. whatever else. Uh, And the, uh, and the rest of the family was estranged and had nothing to do with her, even, even in the hospital and at the funeral. That happens. It really happens. If you give a, an angry um, sibling a, a gift of money out of that estate that, that, that your mother didn't give them they'll hire a lawyer with it and sue you really now i'm now maybe so maybe not and maybe somebody else will tell you something different right but uh but don't give them the means by which they'll use to 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 bring a, a challenge against the estate again some other lawyers might tell you something different it's uh but uh the reality is don't um if you don't have to don't do it jeff is there anything that i'm leaving out that you want to
1: touch on or have I touched on a little bit of everything?
2: Well, the um, uh, I know this podcast is going to go much further than my lo- local area here yeah. and outside of the state and everything else. So your own states are going to have their own twists and turns in the law. Each state has its own, its own autonomy and its own its own body of laws. And so there are going to be differences, changes here and there, uh, uh, maybe some things that uh, don't quite match what I'm talking about or how I told them to you. I, I did what I could to make it um, – Understandable, right, right. And in doing so, I kind of, you know, wander away from the legal precision. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of these attorneys that went to school late in life for law school, <laughs> right? And uh, and to me, it's uh, what's the practical value of practicing law, and what's and what and what do people actually need? I'm not here to I'm not here to wow you with my vocabulary. Yeah, I'm here to tell you here's what's going to happen. You know, and uh, that's, and I appreciate
1: uh, that because you've made you've put things and you made sense out of things, so. Easily, you're a great storyteller and I appreciate what you are able to do for me and I'm sure the listeners are going to love it, but I, I yeah, want to wrap it up with this. Um, if I was to pick one thing, if I was to come into your office, we talked about wills, living wills, trust, power of attorney, Lady Bird deed. If I was to pick one, if I said, I don't have the money to do them all,
2: what do you suggest? The least expensive approach that you need to take if you own a home, if you have a 401k and so on and so forth, Least expensive thing, ladybird deed. Get one, and get it today. Uh, the outside of that, make sure, make sure outside of that, make sure your beneficiaries are set up on all your four hundred and one k to go to the right people. You know, and that's uh, that's uh, if you do those two things, uh, when you when you do the ladybird deed, the house jumps outside of probate, so it's not part of your probate estate anymore. When you when you when you designate money on uh, a four hundred and one k, it jumps outside of the probate estate. It can't be probated. It was designated. It goes away. So those things are already gone out of the scope of probate. The only thing you have left is whatever else you had, you know, just a personal possession and so on and so forth. If those personal possessions are liquidated value, of less than $25,000, you don't even go to probate. Oh, wow. You know? So let me ask you this. Just wrap it up with this. How can people get a hold of you? Well, you can call me at 734 uh, 307 three, three, nine, zero. I'm here Mondays through Friday, nine to, nine, nine to five. Are you yeah. on the web as well? Are you on social? I am. Yeah. It's uh come on. This is a perfect time for you to www. <laughs> Yeah. I love it.
1: Well, Hey, I can't thank you enough, man. I mean, you know, talking about estate planning, I realized that I need to make an appointment with you and, and those of you that are listening and, and you just got done listening to Jeff, you realize that even if as, as little as you have, you need to go and see a lawyer and have an estate plan um, because it, you're going to save so much time and energy um, for your family later on in life. So, Jeff, yeah. thank you so much for hanging out with us here on the Outstanding Life
2: podcast. Any last remarks? Uh, just uh, when you when you go see an attorney, uh, make sure that uh, you're not paying an exorbitant amount of money just to talk to him and and keep the scope low just tell them i want a ladybird deed then that'll lead into the other discussions about what you may or may not want for your estate but uh, but uh, keep the scope narrow and keep the uh, questions few and uh and don't let them charge a ton of money for uh for just talking to you about it
1: jeff thank you so much and everybody <clears throat> thank you so much for tuning in to the outstanding life podcast i'm johnny d the motivational cowboy we'll see you next time Everyone wants to build something. Everyone wants to make their mark. It's been said that a rich man leaves his fortune. Well, I guess I'm not that smart. I will leave you with my love, my wisdom, and always, always my heart. You are everything that's good in me. And that's not even the best part. You have taken my gifts to you and improved them in ways that I never even knew. You are my legacy, my gift to the world. You will understand when you have your own boy or girl. It's been a great joy watching you grow. I am very proud of you. Just so you know, I love you so. The other day, tears fell freely. I got a huge lump in my throat when I found an old poem that you had wrote. And it said,
2: I love you very much. much. You already know I'm such. You always tell me that I can. You're my number one fan. We always have a fun time, even if we don't spend a dime. I know that you love me, even if you are crazy. Dad, I just want you to know how much I love you, even if you already do. You
1: are my legacy, my gift to Some words hard to spell, but like a great poet, my child captured a love so well. I am a proud parent, but you see, I'm not alone. The world is full of them, each with a poem of their own. You are my legacy, my gift to the world. i'm johnny d the motivational cowboy are you planning a conference convention meeting assembly or any live event that needs a guest speaker i would love to be a part of it for more information visit motivationalcowboy.com and don't forget to check out my outstanding life podcast every sunday here on dirt road radio kydt 103.1 fm and kbfs 1450
0: a.m have an outstanding day Thanks for listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast. Follow Johnny D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Motivational Cowboy. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, advertise, or would like to make a donation, please visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And remember to have an outstanding day.